Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. As the full-time whistle goes here at the Emirates, Arsenal stop the rock after two defeats in all competitions. They get back to winning ways, but the defeat means that Sean Dyche's side will be staying in the bottom three going into Christmas Day. The final score at the Emirates, Arsenal 3, Burnley 1. Vardy, 1-0 Leicester! He may not like the system he's playing in, but he loves goals! Chelsea nil, Leicester City won. Are we about to see one of the the shocks of the season of the decade? Because it's Manchester City 1, Crystal Palace 3. Huddersfield Town 1, Southampton 3. And it's over Femi. Goal of the vitality, Alex Crook. Game over, Adrian Bournemouth 2. 10-man Brighton nil. David Brooks is having quite the afternoon. He's just scored his second of the game. West Ham nil, Watford 2. Gerard Delefeo has still one past Lucas Fabianski. Terrible game here, Newcastle nil, Fulham nil, only just, well, a handful of chances, I suppose. Comes through the Lingard, who takes it round the goalkeeper, he'll finish it here, he does finish it here. Jesse Lingard hits the fifth goal of Manchester United's trip to South Wales, and Super Sub Solskjaer has come in from the cold to help bring a bit of joy to Manchester United again. Jesse Lingard has scored twice. Manchester United have hit five. It is Cardiff one. Manchester United five. It's the Premier League preview show for the Boxing Day action in the Premier League in the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show today we'll look back on the first half of the season which has seen Liverpool top the tree at Christmas. Man City already losing twice. Man United good again. Isn't that frustrating for all of us fans of other clubs? Yes, it was Cardiff at the weekend, but scoring five for the first time since Fergie left is no mean feat. And we'll talk about the bottom of the table as well. Still anyone's guess as to who's going to be in the Premier League next season. It's the Premier League preview show for Boxing Day. Happy Christmas, everybody. And it's a very happy Christmas to our panel. Let's say hello to the lads. Now, he wasn't here before the West Ham Watford game. He didn't turn up. He didn't do that show. He was busy out with the lads. Didn't invite me. That's fine. I'm not annoyed about it. But now Watford have gone to London Stadium and committed the robbery, which was the game on Saturday. He's turned up again. It's Talk Sports Football Editor, my friend and yours, David Walker. You okay, mate? How can you say it's a robbery? Because I watched it with my eyes. Antonio... From a yard out. If he could score from a yard out, we'd have got something there. It's not a robbery, is it? Well, because then you went up there and nicked another goal. Terrible finishing. Rubbish penalty. Smash and grab at the end. Rubbish penalty. Rubbish penalty. It was never a penalty. Are you 
being serious? Yeah, not really, mate. Anyway, we'll talk more <laughs> about Watford uh, West Ham later in the programme. We'll also ask the professionals uh, what they think as well. Let's say hello first uh, to the first time this season uh, to the former Arsenal, Cardiff and Wales fullback Reese Weston, who's joined us. He was at the Arsenal game uh, on Saturday as well, so he's perfectly placed to tell us how Arsenal keep playing so badly and, and winning games. What's going on, Reese? It's a great habit, isn't it, to get into? Is it? Playing badly and winning, absolutely. Something that West Ham fans should be fully aware of. And we certainly got okay after that, right? Yes, absolutely. No, Arsenal, Arsenal are, um, are are muddling their way through on the back of a couple of defeats. They came back at the weekend and and won unconvincingly against Burnley. But yep. They're no, not bad shape going into the festive period. Yeah, Burnley in a bit of trouble as well. We'll get into that later in the programme. Uh, David Connolly is also here, former West Ham, Leicester, Watford, Feyenoord, Republic of Ireland striker. Was at the Chelsea game and Leicester City victorious at Stamford Bridge for you on Saturday. An incredible result for Leicester and Chelsea have gone from they could be the title contenders to it's all going wrong for Sarri. Yep, Chelsea have got the blues, no doubt. Um, they were poor. <laughs> That's they why he's really a pro. Poor. That's why we book him. That's right. And uh, Leicester were magnificent, I've got to say. Really good away performance. Right, let's get into the games coming up on Boxing Day. We're going to start with our international feature game at 3 o'clock UK time. Liverpool up against Newcastle United. A 3 o'clock kickoff uh, here in the United Kingdom. Uh, and let's talk about Liverpool. Top of the table at Christmas. The last team to be top of the table at Christmas and not win the Premier League were Liverpool when they let it slip five years ago. But this is a very, very different Liverpool side. And after the game on Friday night, Reese, let's come to you first on this. I kept seeing things on social media, of course, always a place where you can trust the opinions of people and gauge the world. People talking about Virgil van Dijk being the best defender in world football, Mo Salah being the Premier League's best player, Alisson, what a signing. You know, they went to Wolves, very tough place to go, and they weren't at their best. Fabinho again with another poor performance in midfield, and yet they won. They keep changing things up. They do everything they kind of tell us you shouldn't keep doing if you're going to be at the top of the table, and they keep on winning. They're looking imperious, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's great to see, to be honest with you. You know, Liverpool... Have come close previously. Jurgen Klopp, I, I rate so so highly. I lo- I love his his philosophy, the way he manages his players, and he's he's starting to get the recognition you know in this country that I think he deserves. And and the fact of the matter is, he's got players that are playing remarkably well. You know, Van Dijk, yeah, it's tongue in cheek when you say he's the best defender in the world, but not for everyone. Not for everyone. No, rightly so. But the point of the matter is, you know, they're still unbeaten domestically, and to go halfway through the season playing as well as they have, scoring the goals that they have, you know, going to the places they've been to, you know, it's everything's moving in the right direction for Liverpool at the moment and is this going to be their year, the first time since 1990 they could potentially win the league? David Connolly, how's it gone so well for Liverpool for the first half of this season? Um, well, there's been a, a definite gear shift in terms of Mo Salah playing as a nine. You know, now that has meant Firmino's dropped back and, uh, as a ten, which I don't think suits him. I think he's better as a nine and I thought against Wolves, for example, rather than Cater playing out wide, it might be that Salah shifts there and Firmino goes back to the nine. But actually, you can't argue because he's been amongst the goals, Salah. <clears throat> he's been their main man. I mean, his composure in front of goal has been outstanding. Look, he, he was suffering effects, I think, from the World Cup. He's recovered from that. And look, they're not scoring the volume of goals that they did last season. That's for sure. You know, they are spreading them around. But obviously, the key thing is at the back. And, you know, can they go one better than the likes of Benitez's team in, in 08, 09 and Rogers' team? I think they can. I really do. And th- the reason is I think they've got genuine strength and depth, you know, which they didn't have in those days. You know, the bench is it's just as strong as those that are starting. And when he does rotate in, those players can still do a job. And I think unlike, say, Mourinho and people like that, 
his staff, Jurgen Klopp, he thinks, okay, I, I don't know the answers to everything, so I bring in people that do. His, str- his staff is just as strong. The throwing coach. Your throwing, throwing coach. coach. Yeah. And they're scoring from long throws. Yeah, and obviously, when they have suffered injuries, which they have, they're able to supplement and, and bring players in. And the likes of Shakiri, I mean, you can't argue it's been a terrific signing. They've also got, you know, youngsters getting their chance, Alexander-Arnold and Gomez, and, you know, even the likes of Lovren are coming in and, and you know, they don't look any weaker. So they've got real strength in depth. Yes, I think they will go one better. And the team at the top, normally at Christmas, comes good. I think they'll do it. Are we, are we just in danger a little bit of of looking at this result today and seeing, seeing that Liverpool top at Christmas by four points is mm. a great thing for them. But I've heard, I've heard fans and saw, seen fans today already saying, that's it, Liverpool won the league. Yeah. They've got three games over the Christmas period. Newcastle on Boxing Day at home. Okay, you know, you should expect them to win that one easily. Then they've got Arsenal... And then they got Man City. Yeah, which is January four, January five, Thursday like the third of January. You know those two big games, those two Arsenal and, and the and the City game. You know could change everything. I think I just wonder whether in those games, like Pep when he came up against Liverpool, he played two holding midfield players and went, you know, I'm going to take a point. I got a feeling that he might do the same. Cause mm. What they've done, they've narrowed even their goal difference against City. He's down, down about five now. Yeah, it's five. Not a yeah, lot compared to what it was. So I mean, you know, they're cutting them down everywhere, and obviously they've got that lead. So I wouldn't be surprised if he takes three here. He's content with a with a point against the likes of Arsenal. City. It does change things, though, right? Being top of the table, being unbeaten, being the side that all of a sudden top at Christmas, we think they're they're now going to win the league. Like everyone you ask, we've done a lot of these shows now, and everyone you ask who's going to win it, it's still going to be City. It's going to be City. Yeah, I reckon it will be. And you've just said it there, David Connolly, and we've all been hearing it a lot in the last few days after Friday night's game. I think Liverpool might do this. This might be their year. And that changes things, certainly from, from our perspective outside. But, but inside the camp as well, Reese, there'll be people there that might what change their approach. They might start feeling that pressure for the first time. And you look at that, that squad of players. How many actual champions are there? You take Milner out of it and there's no one there who's ever really won anything. No, but it's the manager's job to, to keep people grounded and focused on the job in hand. And you can forgive players for getting carried away and as I said you know, to reiterate to be unbeaten this far in the campaign when the teams around you are so competitive you know and again it creates a different kind of pressure seeing Man City slipping up seeing Chelsea slipping up you know it galvanises you as a squad and you do get the air of invincibility about you every time you go on the pitch you believe you're going to win and you know a four point gap the way that Liverpool are playing you know, they've got they've got every right to start believing that they're good enough to win the league. But Jurgen Klopp's job for me moving forward is to make sure they don't look too far ahead because again, you know, it's very difficult to lose sight of the objective sometimes when you're getting you know looking you know five six games in advance. They've got they've got to win the next game and they've got to keep the momentum going. And I think Jurgen Klopp as a manager is is one of the very best at doing that. I think he makes a really good point there because only the other day Lovren said I think we could possibly be the Invincibles. Now, did he? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, think I love Lovren so much. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love him. He's um, the best, best haircut the, in the world, the best, best defender, defender in the, in the world. world. Yeah. 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 Now, I wonder. Most whether, beautiful wife, most talented kids. I love him. Whether you know they would be cautioning him, saying, "Hang on a minute, you know, you, you're buying into this from the media. Let's just play one game at a time." And and I've got no doubt though, if they get through, say, the Arsenal or the Man City games. I wouldn't put it past them. You've no. got to be feeling it though, and you're like, it's always this take one game as it goes. And maybe you guys want it in the camp, but Dave, from our perspective, I want that someone to come. I want James Milner to come out, dullest man in the world, or the so the character is, and he comes out and says, "Yeah, we're going to win the league. We're not going to lose a game. We're fantastic." Why don't Why don't we get more of that? Because they are. 
Well, he's got. He's got. I mean, look. Not Milner, maybe. He's got nothing to gain though by saying that, is he? Imagine yeah, all he can. He's just Firmino does stupid. it with his teeth. Comes out, yeah. big smile. But then no one's going to be. There's us. A Tom Rennie lurking in the wings, saying "Ha!" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's ha. why I wanted so much. Yeah. Exactly. But if I was him, I'd be doing it. Yeah. I just wonder as well whether you know he hasn't dropped one ball here, which is allowing Danny Ings to go. You know, mm. as the season goes on and you need goals, I don't know. Uh, I just hope he hasn't. You know, if Salah dips or if someone. Well, that leads dips. to January, doesn't it? I mean, we're coming yeah. up to January now. We're going to be our Boxing Day, what, five, six days away from that window opening. Yeah. Uh, would they spend again, you think, Liverpool? Should they spend again? A striker coming in to, to support so. Firmino? I think they've got enough. They've got Sturridge there if they need him. They've got Origi. Could you get better than those two? Should well, they yeah, try it? The old Aspria move? It'd be difficult to. Look, you, obviously, you can get a lot better than them, but you'd have to pay a lot of money to get a stru- to get any decent striker for the sort of level you need to be to be playing for Liverpool. Mm. Um, I don't think they need to to recruit unless there's a, a dramatic injury in the next couple of games or something terrible happens to one of the key players. I think they're all set. They haven't got infinite resources either, Tom. You know what I mean? It's not like they can just go out and spend 100 million quid in January. And again, you've also got to keep the balance of the side you've got. Mm. You know, I'm sure we'll move on to Spurs later on. But you look at the other end of the scale, Pochettino's not signed anybody. If you bring players in for the sake of it, it can also have a detrimental effect to what's in the dressing room. And the belief that that group of players has got currently, that's taken them as far as they have done, I think they deserve the opportunity to kick on. Transfers is a lovely segue to Newcastle, who take on Liverpool uh, this weekend. And it might do Newcastle a favour in some ways to not be playing at St James's Park. Another game in front of their own fans against Fulham a couple of days ago. Well, they were dismal. Absolutely dismal. They, they barely created a chance. Alexander Mitrovic should have scored late on in that game. Uh, they find themselves again slipping and sliding down that table. Uh, 17 points now from 18 play. That's what five points out the relegation zone where Burnley currently sit. I mean, they're going to do, David Conley, what they always do in these kind of games. What Rafa's shown so many times that he does in these kind of games and go 11 at the back, no one forward and try and get yep. something out of it. And, and that doesn't work, does it? Well, I don't know. It did against Huddersfield. I think they only had something like 30% possession. They came away with a, a brilliant win from a fantastic goal built right from their own defensive third all the way through. I think it was a Perez cross on a Rondon finish. I mean, it was a brilliant goal. But in the best away kit in English football as well. The stripe, right, the Ginola yeah. shirt. Oh, yeah. C'est magnifique. But that's against Huddersfield. Mm. Now, so what possession are they going to have against Liverpool? It's going to be, you know, what, 15, 20%? And what can they do with that? I can only see this being uh, a Liverpool victory. And I think Newcastle are in for a really, really tough season. I completely agree. Absolutely. I, I can't see anything but a Liverpool win. And, you know, I don't think Newcastle had a shot on target on Saturday at home. You know, yeah. you know, we've got you got Rondon who's their it's biggest bottom goal. of the league team. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I mean. You know, it's, it's staggering, isn't it? Yeah, you've got Rondon who's leading the way with five goals for them. You know, they've only scored 14 as a team during the course of the entire season, you know, and, and to go to go to Anfield, yeah. the way I mean, Liverpool look, it's, playing. It's Rafa against his former side. He'll, he'll want to put on a good yeah, performance, yeah. won't he? Um, but, of course he will, yeah. And the, the only other thing to say is that if, I'm sure last week you, you wouldn't have been saying that Crystal Palace were going to go to Manchester City and beat, <laughs> and beat them. So no, we all said it, mate. Didn't you listen? <laughs> yeah. you, just never, look, you never know, do you? Same yeah. with Leicester, you know, beating Chelsea. You it do never know. Let's get on to that. Next up, I want to talk about Man City, who lost again their second loss in the league this season against Crystal Palace at home. They take on Leicester on Boxing Day. That's next on the preview show. Right, let's talk about Manchester City beaten by a selection of world-class goals as scored by Crystal Palace a a few days ago. And firstly, lads, before we get into the game and City and all that, that Andros Townsend goal, I mean, I don't know where you saw it first. We watched it on the studios here at at, at TalkSport and 
all of us went wild. Like everyone, there's people who, who if it's a Man City fan with us watching it, and you, it's so good. The technique, the strike, the cleanliness, the goalkeeper making something of it by diving. I mean, if there's a goal of the season better than that, it's going to be what? From the moon? It's going to be a back heel from the halfway line? What are we going to see that's better than that? Ever hit one as good as that, lads? In training? Oh, don't even, don't uh, even no. look at me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but what a fantastic goal. What a fantastic win. We'll talk about the Palace perspective in a minute. But what about City? I mean, they threw everything at it. They threw the kitchen sink at it in the end, but couldn't get the goal. Did uh, he make too many changes? Yeah. Is he putting stones in midfield? Aguero's on the bench again. De Bruyne's on the bench again. Is he being too clever, trying to overthink it too much? He's trying to know. he's trying to manage his squad, isn't he? Effectively, yeah. but he's got an innate belief in the in, in the players he's got around him. And on one hand, I look at it and go, right, fair enough. You're going to get these blips along the way, and you know, Man City has set the bar so high now that any adverse performance now is is a shock, isn't it? You know, and the reality is, the Premier League is one of the most unforgiving leagues in the world, mm. and anybody on any given day can beat anyone. And when it happens to Man City, everyone sits back and goes, well, hang on a second, that's a bit out of, out of the blue, but you know. This is a it's a tough division, and Guardiola is not invincible. You know he he's but he backs his ethos. You know he'll never deviate from that. And if he's got players that he feels can do a job at a certain position, he'll give them the opportunity. And you know Palace played tremendously well and, and were good value for their win. I thought. Mm. I think the only chink in their armour is, and in the summer he wanted to to sign Jorginho and he didn't get him. Now I'm not saying Jorginho is the answer, but Chelsea today had three defensive midfielders in Kovacic. Jorginho and Kante. Yeah. Now, really, City have only got one in Fernandinho. He didn't play. John Stones is filling in, doing a job. Is it weird that John Stones is in midfield, but Fabian yeah. Delph remains at fullback? Absolutely. That's odd, isn't it? It is. And uh, look, I saw him. I saw him playing that role numerous. I've seen him in the cup and against the likes of Oxford. That's fine. But against Crystal Palace, and they've got some decent players. They Premier League players. They really have. I'm not sure. I just wonder whether for all their creative talent. Haven't he tried to get a backup for Fernandinho mm. to play a different way, and he didn't get it. And that might be the one chink of light. Could have you know, done with like Milivojevic in midfield. I mean, he could have probably played yeah. that role, yeah, and he was great possibly. on the day. I think he was the best player on the yeah. pitch in the city game. Well, it was look, fantastic. Hey, look at Liverpool; they brought also defensive midfield players in as well. They've got more than one. They've got cover. City don't really have that. Uh, I've got to say this stat as well. These stats often are a little bit silly, but I love this one. City lost a Premier League match at 3pm on a Saturday. They played quite a lot of them for the first time since August 2014. That's 36 matches unbeaten in that time slot, which is incredible. An incredible run for anybody. And what a great victory it was for Crystal Palace. What changes then as we look forward to Leicester? Because Gabriel Jesus has been playing up front um, to varying degrees of success. We've seen the slow reintroduction of Kevin De Bruyne. came out with about half an hour to go and, and Pepper said he'll play kind of when he wants to play. Same kind of thing with Aguero, who was on the bench in this game and came on just after half-time for Otamendi, I think, in the game. Do we see those guys start? Do you think we'll see Aguero back? Are we going to see yeah. all these big talents in the side against Leicester? Yeah, absolutely. Look, he's got to respond because it's the four-point gap there. You know, he yeah. has to respond quickly and... Jesus got a couple against Everton, but he hadn't scored in about 11 games. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt he, he's homesick or whatever it is. But still, I think against uh, at home, against the likes of Palace, you've got to play your best players. Um, you need to get points on the board, especially, I think, after Liverpool's you know victory on the Friday night. It put him bang under pressure. He needed to send a signal, play his strongest team. I think it's a, a bonus for them, De Bruyne's back, because I know they've done terrific without him, but... You know, people say, no, they haven't missed him. Well, every team's going to miss a player of De Bruyne's quality, no doubt. Absolutely, I completely agree. Uh, I think you know, it's, it's an opportunity now for, for City to send a warning shot 
and to say that we're, we're we're still very much involved in this, which of course they are on paper. But the reality is, you know, Liverpool now are are, are setting the standards, and and Man City and Pep Guardiola have have got to respond. And I agree with Dave. You know, there has to be, there can't be any corners cut. Mm. You know, the next result is the most important one from a City perspective, and and I think everyone's got to play. And if you go back to last season, I mean, the point swing is just incredible. I mean, that it's well, it must be about a. 15 point swing compared to where they were last season mm. to this season I mean it's it, last season obviously they were running away with it well they're still unbeaten so it's at least 6 couple yeah. of draws in there so it's probably about 7 or 8 or something yeah. like that but it's still yeah. a lot of points yeah. um, listen I do want to go on to Leicester as you were at the game of course of the weekend but one final one on Man City Roy Hodgson the first English manager to win a Premier League game at the Etihad since who's got it you've got to go back Sam to Allardyce. 2010 not right it's a good guess but it's not right anyone else quickly English, English manager English manager it was in 2010, May 2010, Harry Redknapp. Wow. The king of the jungle. Eight years ago. Incredible. Uh, right, let's talk about Leicester. You're at the game. David Connolly, they beat Chelsea. It always annoys me about Leicester. We've done two years of talking about changing the style of play. Do the old style of play. It won the league. And they've done it again. They've done it fantastically. Yep. Uh, a really good away performance. I thought they were superb from back to front. And Cash was Michael. His delivery, it was Edison-esque. He was so good with his feet. He was picking players all over the place. Um, brilliant at the back. The two fullbacks were superb. Ben Chilwell, I think he could play for any side, any of the top teams. In yeah, been linked with Man United, isn't he, in, yeah. in January? And Man City. I mean, he was. No, Man City, I didn't mean that. Sorry. He was absolutely outstanding. Uh, he had no winger in front of him. He played like a, a left back, stroke, left winger. He did it all himself. Brilliant. Uh, Madison found a bit of space. Lovely assist for for Jamie Vardy. Fed on scraps, but when he, when he had the opportunity, he finished it, and it was a consummate, fantastic away performance. Big win that as well for Claude Puel, because you know the the doubters were re-emerging again, weren't they? I think you know I think I'm not the only person to have suggested because of what's happened with Leicester. Obviously, the focus has not been on the team as Absolutely, much as yeah. it would have been in otherwise. Uh, and there's been murmurs of discontent the last few weeks. You know, Vardy coming out in the week and saying, the manager's style of play doesn't really suit me. Well, he's got a goal today, so that's mm. a perfect response. But that, that's a huge win for Puel. Gives him some breathing space. I was worried that we'd need to come back in here on Christmas Eve and redo the show because he'd be gone. I thought if they lost heavy against Chelsea, with everything we've been hearing from you know our men up there that have been covering Leicester a lot and, and all the noises you mentioned, Jamie Vardy, I think that it might have been that close for Claude Puel. And you know, it is the perfect response. And if they then go on and get victory against Man City, does this end? Because Claude Puel, I mean, it, does, it just doesn't seem to be popular. All this doesn't show passion. When they scored that goal in the, in the Carabao Cup midweek, it goes berserk on the sideline. He's got the passion there. He's a good manager. He's, he's proven year on year to do good jobs at two of your former clubs, David Connolly, and yet he just doesn't seem likeable. Has he got Tom Rennie-itis? Well, I mean... No one likes him, despite the talent. He is very <laughs> visible on the sideline. Now, whether that was deliberate in terms of he never sat down the whole game. Now, I'm not saying that's Unai Emery-esque in terms of, you know, Arsene Wenger who was sat down and Emery's on the sideline showing, you know, this is me and you know the crowd liked that but he didn't sit down the whole game and he was up there cajoling his players and um, whether that's Tom Rennie-esque I don't know but it was um, <laughs> Puel-esque and he was look they were fantastic uh, I think uh, anything like a point here if I was him I'd play almost exactly the same way as I did today 11 behind the ball 
you know be really hard to break down and then with our little sprinkling of quality that we've got see if we can just create one or two openings and take them let's move on Tottenham up against Bournemouth is three o'clock UK time on Saturday uh, Tottenham Hotspur Reese we, we spoke as we were covering the the game between Cardiff and Man U about how close they could be and you scoffed a few times about Tottenham being the title race but look as we go into this weekend you know if you get away from Liverpool and Man City they're still right up there and you know, all the stuff about Pochettino and his future and all that sort of stuff. I just wonder whether there might be a meeting in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll talk about the game in a second where he says, look, if you want to keep Maurizio Pochettino, this is him speaking in the third person, mm. not going to do the accent, but he would say, give me 200 mil in January, give me another 200 in the summer and I'll make you champions. Otherwise, surely Tottenham have committed one of the biggest bonehead plays in the history of football. They'd let him go. I'll counter that. Okay, it's, it, I'm not suggesting Spurs can't win the league. I'm not suggesting that for a second. You know, when you look at you talk at squad dynamics and you t- you talk about you know shopping list in the summer and having an idea of who you want to bring in, I think Pochettino is such that he would he would much rather sacrifice getting the player he wants rather than upset the dynamic that he's he's created at, at Tottenham. And what a story it would be if if they could go through a, a campaign without adding any players to their ranks. You know, I'm not suggesting that's the way they go, but if he wants to do that. How big an achievement could that be in in modern football, where players, you know, where clubs are spending tens of millions of pounds every transfer window for a club of Tottenham stature to be able to go through a season without adding to their ranks and to to achieve something significant? Even finishing the top four would be an achievement, in my opinion, without signing mm. anybody else. And you know, what's wrong with that? Effectively, he's got a young squad. He's got a relatively big squad. Why can he not do that? Why does he have to bring players in? And again, if he wins the league with Tottenham or at least challenges significantly and he's backed in the summer, you know, as you said, Tom, is there any need for him to leave? There's a great story in all this because, of course, we're going to do Man United next. There might not be a Man United job for him if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer keeps winning games 5-5 and they kind of release the big dogs and, and they all came to the fore and were fantastic against Cardiff a couple of days ago. But also, it's against Eddie Howe this game, who everyone basically says, if Pochettino goes, he's the perfect replacement. And the one line from the game at the weekend, uh, which they won easily against Brighton, that, that kind of stuck with me in his post-match, they said, David Brooks, two goals today, a player you've taken from Sheffield United. No one really knew much about him. Um, what do you make of him? And he said... Oh, I've been pleasantly surprised. Which I thought was really... It just, it just seemed like a natural... You know, he's worked with him. He's developed this talent, but he's sort of given all the credit to, to the player. And I think that's, that's a lovely way of, of managing players. Yeah, I don't know whether his previous experience at Burnley will count against him. You'd like to think it wouldn't. That You know, time moves on and he's shown he's an amazing manager, uh, Eddie, with not a lot. He's unearthed another diamond from the Championship. Brooks, a bit like uh, Madison, you know, at Leicester. Uh, whether he's the right man, I, I don't know. But um, he's certainly doing a great job. Yeah, and he was he was linked with Arsenal at one point, wasn't he? When mm. when Wenger's yeah, he's got a better job now in Tottenham. He's being linked when, to so. <coughs> when Wenger's um, future come on, was mate, like, rise to this. Yeah, it's I'm it's Christmas. To be, I'm to be professional. It's here, like Christmas dinner, sake. isn't it? I won't get invited back again, otherwise. <laughs> no, when he was when he was inadvertently linked, you know, with with the Arsenal job a couple of seasons back, um, I, I felt at the time it may have been a little bit too soon for him to go in, and, and the expectation, much like you know, different different you know, set of circumstances, but much like when Moyes went to Man United, you know, mm. it's. It, to come from Bournemouth where you are so involved in everything that the club does to go into an environment where you're expected to win you know uh, uh, it may have been a bit soon for him but I think that that Tottenham have got an infrastructure in place now that you know yes Pochettino is is the figurehead for that club at the moment but I don't think it would be such a huge transition for Eddie Howe to step up and manage Tottenham with the support and the young group of players potentially he could work with there you know I'd love to see a young English manager given an opportunity at a big club rather than 
you know, having to, to, to feed off scraps, so to speak, yep. without really being considered for the top jobs. It'll be great to see someone given an opportunity. And as Roy Hodgson has shown us, English managers can win big games once every decade. Uh, right, I want to move on to Man U against Huddersfield. That's a three o'clock UK time kickoff on Boxing Day, and we'll do that next. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Let's talk Manchester United. The beast has woken from its slumber. And they thrash Cardiff by five goals to one. Reese Weston, you and I were doing that game for Talk Sports International Service on Saturday. And they were well worth their win. Look, they're always going to be better than your former team, Cardiff. Player for player, even under Mourinho, they probably still would have won that game, though, you know, a lot more depressingly in some embarrassing 1-0, I'd imagine. But, you know, the way some of those players expressed themselves. You picked out Pogba during the game. I think I picked out Jesse Lingard several times, despite the obvious cheating for the fourth goal. You know, he was still fantastic across the game. They even had Victor Lindelof run running from central defence and, and running through and playing little passes through to Marcus Rashford, who probably should have scored. You know, that the players are off the lead. He said Solskjaer wanted to make fans happy and they'd be very happy with what they've seen so far. Yeah, it's it was a, an impressive performance, absolutely. And I felt there was a noticeable shift in dynamic. When, when Man United started the game, you could see they were... They were buzzing around, as you would expect, with a new manager coming in. But it just seemed the pressure was lifted ever so slightly. And I think you know, the only thing Solskjaer can do in such a short space of time, effectively, is just to get the players back on side and get them enjoying their jobs again. You know, Get them playing, get them enjoying each other's company, much like Gareth Southgate's done with the, the national side, is to try and create an environment that the players are happy to be in. And, and you saw that on Saturday against Cardiff, you know, the, the third goal, Anti Martial's third goal, you know, when they, oh, when they picked apart the, the, one touch, the one touch passing, the movement, the finish. You know, that, that was a throwback to Man United of old. And again, it has to be taken lightly. And I, I, I mean this with the greatest of respect. It was Cardiff and Cardiff have, have been struggling. Um, they're playing Huddersfield next. And I've seen Huddersfield this season. They'll be difficult to break down because 
they won't offer anything going going forward effectively. Mm. Um, so again, the onus is going to be in United to set the pace of play. But you know, with Pogba deployed in a slightly more advanced position, he grew in stature and confidence in that Cardiff game. Lingard, Martial, Rashford, you know, these guys with with the right care and attention can can really go and express themselves. And I think you know, Man United have got an opportunity to really kick on. Yeah, they have. They've got a great run of games coming up. Huddersfield, as you said, they've got Bournemouth. Uh, mm. On the thirtieth, they've got Newcastle. Newcastle, I think, yeah, yep, yep. as well. And you've got Reading in the FA Cup, mm. so you could easily be looking at a situation where he's won his first five games all comfortably. And you know, you mentioned it slightly in jest, but it will happen. The talk will be: Can this man become the permanent Manchester United manager? I mean, he's already, he has got a job. You know, he'd have to resign as manager of Molder, which obviously he would happily do. But um, you know, I mean, Dave, can you can you see a situation where Solskjaer stays beyond the end of the season? Uh, I can see it, but I don't think it would be the right thing to do. I think if they want the right man for Man United, then they should go all out on the person they think can do the job, not someone who's necessarily out of work or, or just shoehorned in for a short period. I'd, I'd just go and, if it's Pochettino, I'd just go and get him. Can I ask you both a question from a playing side of things? We're always fascinated by things like this. The new manager bounce. And we're going to talk Southampton later. Ralph Hasenhutl, two wins already as Southampton manager. What is it like? Now, you haven't got to tell me the clubs... But what is it like when you really didn't like the old manager? And we talk about down tools. We talked about Pogba downing tools in commentary and suddenly picking them up for the game against Cardiff. What kind of release is it where you just don't like your manager and suddenly they're gone and you can suddenly start playing football? I mean, you haven't got to tell us the stories specifically, but it must just be like, wow, I, f- I remember this. I used to love this. I mean, I've heard, for example, the Southampton manager has say, oh, suddenly there's, there's no one in the treatment room anymore. You know, there's players that suddenly fit. Now, whether that's a slide dig or, or what, but that can happen. But, the, but obviously, you know, whoever's in charge can create an atmosphere where you just don't enjoy going to work every day. You know, you don't want to bump into the manager in the corridor. You don't enjoy the training. He's on at people. He might be on at you, might be on at others. And before you know it, you know, things are just unravelling. So, yes, I have had it at clubs where, where players don't particularly like the manager. You know, some do, some don't. And, uh, you know, very rarely is the whole camp happy. However... With United, it seemed like the, the majority of it was unhappy. And I think it only had to be changed. And I think, you know, sometimes you do need a freshen up, whether it's at Southampton, you know, new ideas, um, new training regime. Uh, I think Man United might even be going back to, I think, how training was under Sir Alex. And then I had a former United player as my manager. We basically did five asides every day. And the players loved it. You know, now, <laughs> that's fine if you're Man United. Were you winning? Yeah, but obviously when, when you're playing in the big boys league, that's a bit different. But when you've got the players of Man United's calibre, a lot of the time it's... I'm not saying you're keeping them happy like kids, but you know you don't have time for tactics and laborious training sessions on the training pitch. You want it light, bright, players to get loads of fun, loads of enjoyment out of it. You normally select those that trained well. That was key. You've got to train well to get in the team. And then you let them go and express themselves. And to me, that just seems what, what, what Man United and Under Solskjaer have done so far. It's also very difficult to, to be objective sometimes. When you find yourself in a position where you're not in favour, for example, with a manager, of course, you're not going to like it. You know, it happened to be on a, more than one occasion. But, you know, what it does do you know, when a new manager comes in, you know, adversely to when you've you've suffered, you know, under the hands of the previous regime, when a new manager comes in, it gives you an opportunity to almost reinvent yourself. You know, so whatever you were perceived as previously, you know, you've got an opportunity to, to go out and show what you're capable of, you know, whether that's how you conduct yourself around a training ground, you know, how you how you train, how you, how you do, you know, pre prehab, you know, whether you're in the gym, that kind of stuff, you can be, you can, you can be seen, and you can almost, you know, reinvent your persona and give the manager a decision to make. And I think, you know, as David said, you know, 
top top players don't need to be drilled constantly they need to be they need to enjoy going to work they need to have an environment that's that's indicative of of you know, expressing themselves and I, and I think you know a regime change at this point of the season for United with Solskjaer and I think that's what he's going to be focusing on I think the interesting dynamic of Solskjaer is that obviously he wasn't a regular starter so he knows what it's like <laughs> to be on the periphery or on the fringes or not first choice so I, am, I imagine his man management would probably be outstanding for those players that aren't involved or are just on the outskirts in terms of getting involved and in how he speaks to them because he's probably got it from one of the best in Sir Alex who everyone said you know brought him in the office he spoke to them you know keeping that that dressing room harmony so I've got a feeling that safe pair of hands you know is going to be heavily focused on the man management side of it I just wonder as well whether it's now a bit like Rocky Five, and are they going to sell shots like the Tommy Gun? And so Alex Ferguson's the Rocky Balboa. He's really pulling all the strings in the background. You know, he's already had a couple of chats to him. You know, five uh, five years it's been. They haven't scored five goals in the game in all that time. All of a sudden, Solskjaer's back in. They're playing the Fergie way. They're scoring great goals. And I don't know. This might be a movie in the making, guys. Get Stallone on the blower. Uh, I think we can have a real hit. What could we call it? Fergie? Can we call it Fergie? That's a good title, isn't it? We could use that. Mull it over. We'll think about it. Uh, let's talk about Huddersfield Town uh, because they, you know, they had a little run a few weeks ago. Uh, Aaron Moyer, Pritchard pushing forward, creating chances. Moyer's out till February. I think it really showed uh, against Southampton that the lack of creativity they're going forward. Also, mistakes. Terence Congola, I really like him as a player, but he made a mistake for one of the goals. Schindler for another. Look, it's a, it's a tough, every week's tough for Huddersfield right now. But, you know, we, we, we talk about it from the United perspective, but if you're Cardiff and Huddersfield, if you'd have had a Mourinho manual, you might have been like, oh, we might have a chance here. Now it's a bit like just, you know, put your tin hats on. They just don't have enough up top, do they? Yeah. They've got you know, reasonably well organised. They've got a couple of half decent players here and there in midfield, but they've got useless strikers. <laughs> they have, He's telling they? it to me. Yeah, that was a very me statement. I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> they have, you know, and while that's the case, they're going to be struggling. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's nothing more to say on Huddersfield. They've been linked um, with Solanke, I think, on loan. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, that'd be an improvement, wouldn't he? Out of the frying pan at the championship. You never know. He's never really had a run of games. Yeah, what's, why is that? Well, because he's, he's, he's been at top clubs, <laughs> but Huddersfield, he gets in the team, scores some goals. We will see. Listen, we've got to move on. Let's talk a bit about Brighton up against Arsenal. Brighton beaten by Bournemouth a couple of days ago. Lewis Dunk sent off, suspended for this one. But, but of course, we'll start with Arsenal Reese's. You're with us in the studio today because, once again, you know, they, they picked up a victory. But, I mean, I think it's fair to say. I do try and wind you up, obviously. But mm. they weren't at their absolute best a couple of days ago against Burnley, but still managed to win. I have to be honest with you, with the, with the exception of, of Liverpool at home and Spurs at home in the league, I haven't seen Arsenal at their best this season. But somehow they're, they're getting results. And you know, Huddersfield at home was an awful game of football. But they come up and they, they come away with three points. Lucas Torreira popping up in the eighty-fifth minute, and it was it was it wasn't too dissimilar. You know, on Saturday, you know, at the Emirates, it was vitally important that Arsenal bounce back. The result was the most important thing, I think. You know, given the given the circumstances they found themselves in, but. You know, but Burnley unfortunately didn't get going in, until they were two down, and then you know Ashley Barnes was doing what he does best, was being an absolute nuisance. He was you know barreling into people, making it very very difficult. Arsenal lost Nacho Monreal, so they had a makeshift back three: Licksteiner, Socrates, and and Jacker were playing back three in the mm. end. Um, so they you know, they got pegged back to two one, and then for about twenty minutes, Burnley were knocking on the door. You know they they really caused Arsenal problems, and then. Alex Iwobi popped up with with a third goal late late in proceedings and it, it put a gloss on 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 the result but you know it wasn't great by any stretch and um I, Brighton away is going to be a tough tough ask yeah. for Arsenal it really is can I ask you about Mesut Ozil 
because he, he came back in for this one and captained the side, but he's had a few weeks of not being picked, talk about the, the lack of intensity to his game, so he can't play in certain games. What did he play like and does he play in this one? Um, he played all right. He played all right. Again, you know, if you talk about big game players. Uh, you know, he, he played against Carabag and he's played against Burnley. You know, mm. it's not the kind of fixtures he signed up for. You know, Arsenal's mercurial talisman. Um, but the point is, you know, he 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 was he was he was involved, and he and at the end of the game, he embraced his teammates. He looked genuinely pleased that you know the result had gone in their favour. And yeah, I I I would expect him to play again against Brighton because I think they'll need they'll need his his guile and creativity. They they played Genduzi, Jacka, and El Nenny in the same midfield, you know, and they had a front three of Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Özil. That balance doesn't work for me personally. But, mm. you know, I think Torreira will come back in because he only had a little cameo performance in the second period. I think Ozil stays in. And I think you'll probably see uh, a Wobi come back in as well, potentially. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough game. What about the Liverpool game, the next one after after Brighton? Mm. Can you see any hope of Arsenal beating them? But, yeah, you know, the, the performance at the Emirates was one of the best Arsenal performances I've seen in a long time. OK, it was 1-0 and I felt that... It was probably you know, on the balance of play a fair result, but you know Arsenal going a goal down and having the character to come back. I haven't seen that for a long, long time for an Arsenal side. Um, but you know, away at Anfield, the way Liverpool are playing, it's going to be very difficult. It depends on who Emery sets up. He's not shy of making big decisions, you know, and he's not shy of making changes. But I think if Arsenal have any aspirations to infiltrate the top four, they've got to go there and be positive. And, mm. and they've got to, they, they, there's no point in setting up to contain Liverpool because you know Liverpool are so intense in their pressing game, the transition. They're arguably the best in the league, with the well, exception of maybe Man City. So it'll be a tough, tough ask to get anything from it. But I think Arsenal have got to go there and be positive. Right at the moment, David Conn, look a bit confused though. I think that they, they've lost three in a row now and one week it's Lacadia and Andone. Next week it's Knockart and somebody else. They're, they're changing things up a lot. They're going to be without uh, Lewis Dunk for this one. They lost Duffy a few weeks ago to suspension. Just look a bit of a mess at the moment, Brighton, trying to find the right formula. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I've seen Brighton quite a lot and, you know, they, they're set up in a very regimented way of 4-2-3-1 at times. You know, very difficult to get enough players to go forward. Some of their signings... I don't think I've worked out whether it's Lacardia who who was expensive, but he's barely played due mm. to the form Can't of, of 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 Glenn Murray. Yeah, um, but he's in enough game time. Um, iscadero has been in and out. Yahan backs. They spent a lot of money on again another player from Holland hasn't really played, so he's almost reser- resorted back to the side that he had last season, and he's expecting them to do the same again. Don't score enough goals, but that's because they don't want to commit too many players forward. And I think Chris Hutton knows that they're probably not good enough they do commit too many players you know they're going to be vulnerable about the black so he likes to keep you know two centre half two holding with full players in front of them and go you know what you're not going to break us down we're not going to score many but hopefully we don't concede too many either hmm. right listen we've got to move on we'll talk about Watford and Chelsea up next and then the other four Premier League games coming up on Boxing Day and one after as well loads of drama in the Premier League and lots to talk about Let's talk Watford up against Chelsea. Uh, 7.30 UK time this one gets underway on Boxing Day. We're going to be on air, by the way, for our listeners outside the UK from 12 o'clock UK all the way through to 9.30. So you've got nine and a half hours of back-to-back-to-back football. It's perfect. You can have a little nap, though, can't you? Yeah, After, if you want to. In between, you know... 
get something on the telly. Watch the first ones. 20 minute power back, nap. Come back. Put your dinner in the microwave. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. back for the next game. Absolutely. Um, I do want to talk about Chelsea, obviously, um, but we'll talk about Watford as they're the home team first. Uh, David, uh, you were at the game uh, a couple of days ago, uh, the West Ham win. I was covering the Everton game a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I think Watford have played very well in this recent run where the results haven't quite been coming uh, and, and they, they kind of scored some great goals against Cardiff the game before, but could easily have got pegged back in that one. I mean. I thought it was a fantastic performance, but offensively is one thing. But defensively, I was really impressed at the weekend, I don't know about you, by Christian Cabaselli, because he's the one who gave away that handball against Everton and cost them. I thought yeah. he was the, it was a fantastic player. He's had, he's had a few moments this season where he's, he's you know slightly let the team down. He's been sent off a few, few times and yeah, made a few mistakes. But he's also had a, a number of performances where he's been superb, particularly... The, the game against Tottenham I remember in August he was one of the best players on the pitch and he's got that in him he's he's you know he's a he's a decent enough mid-table central defender he'll have some good games he'll have some bad games but Watford recently I was concerned that this was going to happen against West Ham they seem to create a lot of chances very good in forward areas Delefeo, Pereira, Decore linking up really well but they just they don't have anyone to be ruthless enough mm. to score the goals. At the moment, it seems we're, we're only ever scoring goal of the season contenders. We're scoring perfect goals. We're not just plenty get, of them though. We're not getting. We're not You're getting, getting your value for money at Watford yeah, yeah, right now, aren't you? With the goals, but they're not getting tap-ins. They're not taking the easy chances, and eventually that does catch up with you. And that's why they did have that sticky patch where they didn't win in seven, but two wins on the spin. Now good record against Chelsea uh, at Vicarage Road, beaten four-one last season, and with Chelsea not in the best shape mm. at the moment. I think it's winnable for Watford. David Conley, they're going to go at Chelsea, aren't they here? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I agree. I think that at the back, they've done superb. I love the two full-backs. I think Firmino and Holobas mm. are, are excellent. Holobas is, is unbelievable, actually. He's, yeah. 30, he's 34. He's in great condition. Is he 34? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, he is. He's, you know, he's, he's, I think he's been involved in more goals in terms of scoring and assisting than any other defender in the league. He's, he's one of the most underrated players yeah, in the super, league. Yeah, he is superb. My only worry for them is, is similar is scoring goals. You know, they, 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 if they're relying on Delefeu, so I think it's been a terrific sign, but he's not a natural front man. Um, Dini doesn't shoot as well, Delefeu. He beats five people, then doesn't pass backwards. Yeah. Well, he should be playing him out wide, I think. Yeah. He's been playing him up front, but they had Ken Semmer on, on the right against West Ham, who doesn't have a right foot. He, every time he got in a position, he just wanted to cut in. He was, you know, couldn't kick the ball with his right foot. And you know, if it's Delafay out there, like he did against Man City, he'll put a good ball in. I mm. think. Look, they sold Richarlison, which I think was a good deal, but they kept Ducouré. I think was an even better deal. I mean, I think mm. he's just fantastic midfield player. Uh, let's go to Chelsea. Uh, of course, you were at the game, David Connolly. We talked the Leicester perspective earlier. Uh, Maurizio Sarri after the game, uh, and now he does have some some interesting phrases. English is a second language, and all that. He said his players reacted with mental confusion after Jamie Vardy scored the goal for Leicester. What does that mean? And were they any good in the game? Um, I mean, no. I mean, what Sarri said was that basically they were good for 55 minutes till the goal went in. Then then obviously the wheels came off, which they did. I mean, they were all over the place. It looked like they were con- con- going to concede. Now, it looked like they actually didn't think they were going to get back in the game. Hazard played as a false nine, but at times he received it and he let the ball go thinking there was a forward behind him. Uh, he much favours playing out wide on the left. He naturally drifted out there. But they've got a couple of holes, you know, in the in their in their setup, which I think, you know, people might be able to break down. So, you know, Leicester defended really, really deep and just tried to hit him on the counter with pace, and it worked ever so well. Um, they didn't really win that much at the back. Rudiger was weak aerially. Um, even the likes of Ben Chilwell was out jumping him, and they ran out of ideas. They really did. They brought Giroud on and then just hit hopeful balls in the box, which were food and drink. So. 
I don't. I can see that Watford will really fancy themselves that as long as they're hard to break down and they, they defend resolutely, that maybe Chelsea will will just will just run out of what to do next. Just finally, Giroud back up front for this game. Morata false nine. Uh, the uh, Hazard, sorry, false nine continues. Morata might be back in the squad, but I doubt he's going to start the game. I think, I think they need a central striker, particularly against Watford, someone a big physical and just take some of that burden yeah. off Hazard and maybe shift him back out wide. Uh, let's move on. Fulham against Wolves is our early game on Boxing Day, 12.30 UK time. Reese Fulham kept a clean sheet against Newcastle. I mean, that's kind of gone under the radar a bit because Newcastle again couldn't score, but... You know, they've made gradual improvements against West Ham. They did well going forward, but made mistakes at the back. Ranieri said, right, don't concede a goal, and they didn't. No, they didn't, but uh, Newcastle didn't have a shot on target, which which would help. But that might be because of good defending. It may well have know? been. It will, but listen, I mean, it wasn't. Ranieri's been bought in for for one reason and one reason only, and that's, that's to, to keep Fulham in the Premier League. Uh, and... You know, he will know better than any of us around this table how he wants to go about doing that. And effectively, you know, if you're going to be successful, you've got to have a strong platform to build from. And you know, not conceding gives you a, a starting point, doesn't it? You know, it's there's a lot there's a lot to remedy moving beyond that. But the reality is, you know, if anyone if anyone can change Fulham's fortunes, then, then Ranieri can, I think. And um, he's got to win a game, though, isn't he? Uh, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. You know, where's where's, that, where's the win coming from? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, absolutely. But. You know, it has to start quickly. But you know, there's uh, there's all the stats that will tell you about teams being bottom of the league and so on and so forth. But you know, it has to change very very quickly. I think one thing in in their favour, or, or to give them hope rather, is that I think you are going to have quite a low points total needed to stay up yeah. this season. I, I think you're absolutely right. You look at Newcastle now at the halfway point of 16. That that gets them to 32. And, and that would be safety currently mid table. You know, Burnley are in the bottom three right now on 12. That's 24 points. 30 points going to keep you up. Yeah. If, if if you look at the current trend of it, and you know, I, I think that's something that they can probably uh, achieve Fulham with the goals they can score. But who knows? Who knows? Wolves certainly are going to stay up. They might be in the top half as well. Great performance for them uh, against uh, Liverpool on Friday night. They found themselves temporarily seventh. They're back down to eighth now with the other results, and uh, the tenth. And they're the going to go. They're back down to tenth from the yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. But, but they are certainly going to play some football against Fulham. Could be tough there for, for Claudio Ranieri. Let's move on and talk Crystal Palace. Couldn't score a goal. Uh, we've done so many of these shows now, and, and every week it becomes like if they had a striker, they'd be a good team if they could score goals. Well, you don't need to worry about a striker if you score them 40 yards. We mentioned Andros Townsend earlier, but some of the football they played against Man City as well, they weren't afraid of Man City. They've got a game against Cardiff coming up uh, on Saturday, uh, on uh, Boxing Day, sorry, at 3 o'clock. It's ingrained in my mind, Saturday at 3 o'clock. Uh, and, and they'll fancy this, won't they? They'll, they'll be showboating, they'll be getting on the front foot, they'll be giving it as a harm, they'll be giving it to old schluppers, giving it to Townsend. This could be a big win, this. You'd want to play Cardiff, wouldn't you, if you were Palace right now? Yeah, I'm sure they're looking forward to playing Cardiff, but I'm not sure, sure they'll be using the analogies you were using just there, to be honest with you. Just flicks think, and tricks. No, no, it's, no, that's not Roy, is it? That's not Roy. No, yeah, OK. No, but no, I, th- I think they, they should take huge confidence from their win at the weekend over Man City. Why, why wouldn't they? And the, the goals were sensational, absolutely, but it was the performance, more importantly, that was so impressive. And they, they have to build on that. Going back to Stelhurst Park, they can't. They're not. They won't. They won't go back there and think, "Oh, it's only Cardiff." You know what an opportunity it is. You know, six six points from those two fixes would be an amazing return at this time of year. And also, I think they won against Leicester without Zaha, which showed they could yeah. do it. You know, obviously back another in the screamer, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So I think uh, I'm pleased for Roy because you know, um, um, I know he's not great when he does his press conferences, and you know he doesn't endear himself at times. But it's good to see uh, him picking up wins, and I'll, uh, you know, you want to see him. Doing well. He's an old timer, you know, mm. um, and uh, good to see him picking up points. 
Uh, I raced briefly on Cardiff, of course. You played for the club uh, many times and you were covering them at the weekend. Um, of course, Man U, you've got to take that equation out of it. They weren't good, were they? They didn't play any good football. There were so many issues with the way they were trying to play and someone get the right back, back at right back, and they got a centre-half playing at right back. It would make no sense. No, it wasn't great. I think they may have been overawed by the occasion, to be honest with you, at the weekend playing playing Man United in, in Solskjaer's first game. It's so early as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely, honestly. and and to be honest with you, they, they didn't they didn't offer a goal threat. I mean, Josh Murphy was 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 decent on the left hand side. Hoyle was very quiet by his standards. You know, it, they're an industrious side. You know, they've 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 got to all be at it to have a chance to compete in the mm. Premier League, and um, they haven't won away from home all season. And I can't see that changing against Palace. To be honest with you, I think Palace will, will certainly have their tails up after the weekend and. You know, if Cardiff can get a point, I think that'll be a decent return for them at this stage. You know, I, I, I just can't see where the goals are going to come from. No. They seem so blunt in attack. You know, I, I they're going to so. be active in January. I think they, they have to be. Yeah. But who, but who are they go and get though? That's the mm. problem. You know, so they've already got four of the same player, aren't they? And Kadeem Harris and Bobby Reed and Mendes Lang and Junior Hoylett and, and Josh Murphy. Well, they were after they were after Deeney in the summer, uh, and I, I believe that actually they weren't far away from getting him, but financially, uh, the deal broke down. Um, so I don't know if that tells you what sort of player. Yeah, you, they you might can tell what they need. Yeah. Andy Carroll don't do much these days. I'll drive in there. Um, let's move on to Burnley up against Everton. Burnley in the bottom three. Another couple of straight losses for them. Uh, up against an Everton side in action on Sunday against Tottenham. They're a kind of football playing team. They're, they're trying to change the way they do stuff. And they've got a Burnley team here who still seem, Reese. you watched them at the weekend, they still seem confused, don't they? They're not putting enough high balls in the box, but they're still doing... Too many high balls to be considered a side that plays another way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. There, there seems, you know, the, the Sean Dyche's teams usually have a, a distinct identity, but mm. you know, it, it took them to go two goals down against Arsenal at the weekend to really kind of think, hang on a second, what are we doing here? Why are they conceding so many goals? It's not like them, I, is I it, from know. the last few to, seasons? Same they, against Newcastle, same against West Ham. They've, they've got, you know, on paper, they've got mm, good pedigree. Exactly. You know, James Telkowski is a full international. Yeah. You know, it's. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's just a, a, a distinct lack of confidence at the moment. Mm. But you know, they, they beat Arsenal up. You know, when when they when they pegged Arsenal back to two one at the weekend, Ashley Barnes getting on the score sheet. And, you know, they they then decided well, actually, getting the ball into the box, playing the ball longer earlier is 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 to our strengths. And you know, they were so good at picking up second, third, fourth balls. You know, when when the balls are dropping in the midfield areas, they were on the front foot. They wouldn't let Arsenal get into any rhythm, and that's what's made them successful previously. But for whatever reason, you know, I don't know whether it's slight delusions of grandeur, whether they want to try and mix things up a little bit to try and be a bit more creative. But the reality is, if they don't fix up quickly, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope downwards. And, and they need they need to get on the winning trail very, very quickly. I know it sounds very basic, but I'm not sure how they're going to do that, playing the way they're playing at the moment. And they've got, I think they've got big games coming up. West Ham, Huddersfield, Fulham. Games that really need to take points from. Otherwise, you know, in the form they're in, I think it's one win in 11. Yeah, that's relegation form. Yeah, uh, and won't be easy against Everton uh, on Saturday. Every time on Boxing Day, it's Boxing Day uh, on Boxing Day in a couple of days. Uh, one final game not happening on Boxing Day. Thursday, seven forty-five UK time kickoff. Southampton against West Ham. Mark Hughes won three games as Southampton manager. Uh, Ralph Hasenhutl. Ralph Rabbit Hutch. It's so fun to say. Uh, it, it feels like it should be in a Christmas song. I don't know why. Um, but he's already won too, David Connolly. And, you know, Nathan Redmond. We've spoken about him a lot as a player who can beat four or five players and can't shoot. You see this first goal he scored against Huddersfield. It's fantastic. He's just given them a little bit of X factor. And also, they just look a bit like we talked about Man United earlier. They're trying. I know that's really simplistic and that's the way we see it. But they look to me like they're trying harder. 
well, look, they've got, what, six goals in two games? I mean, the turnaround's incredible. I mean, some of the deliveries in the box against Arsenal were just out of this mm. world, sensational, and the finishes were fantastic. Um, the likes of Matty Target, you know, I mean, just brilliant. He's got them playing the back three. Uh, you know, two nice creative players, the likes of Armstrong Redmond in behind his lone front man. He's got his subs coming off the bench and having a real impact, whether it's Austin, for example, coming off and nicking a goal. And it's great because then you get to see Charlie Austin being interviewed after. <laughs> changing the rules of the game one interview at a time uh, it's going to be tough for West Ham we're a few days away from this game but, but for West Ham four straight victories followed by the loss against Watford I think it'd be great to get those four straight wins I've said this about West Ham all season I think they're better than the bottom half and they're not as good as the top half anyone who's going to finish above them like Watford probably will or Wolves they'll lose anyone who's going to finish below them I think they'll probably be I think Southampton are right on that line a bit like Watford are I think it's not a great time to play Southampton but West Ham got to get some players back uh, they'll be absolutely fine this season, no doubt about that. 35 to 40 points, but they need to get some players back, don't they? Are you trying to convince here? You're not looking No, convinced. I'm convinced. <laughs> what they got? 22, 23 points at this stage, and Altovich might you be back 20, for this one. 24 points, actually. You're only going to need, as we discussed, another seven to be safe. So, mm. and it'll be all right. But it's, That's the spirit. Got to get some players. I mean, it, it could be a better season, but. Hernandez no. stuck on 49 Premier League goals. Yeah, I don't lose any sleep over having Hernandez, mate. I mean, an Altovich comes back, we'll all be happy. You've got McMessy, though, haven't you, in Snodgrass? Yeah, he's, he's, he's played very, very well. He's put some lovely crosses over, but I mean, without those first team talents, I, I think it might be a mid-table season. But I'll take it. It's not embarrassing. I'm all right. I'm happy. Anyway, uh, any anything to say on that day? What's that? Well, I just think for the money invested, I, I, I'm sure you would be expecting better than you know. Yeah, if they ever played top ten, you know, if you, those it, players ever played, I'd be well happy. Yeah. But apart from Anderson, everyone's been injured all year. Yeah. Where are they all? Yeah. Where is Wilshire? Where is Anatovic? Where is Lanzini? Yarmolenko. Where is Yarmolenko? We, we signed them all and they'll rapidly went got injured. Off injured. Bring back the ginger pele, I say. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't got to pay him. That's quite handy. That's not bad going from the ginger messy. Anyway, are you ginger? Kind of. Well, it's, it's controversial. Well, it's there's, a red room. There's a reddish shoe. It's a, there's a reddish shoe yeah, in here. it's warm in here as well. <laughs> and there's red lights. And there's red lights. Yeah. And it's Christmas. And it's Christmas. And it's the perfect colour for it. Uh, listen, we're out of time. That's the show. Thanks, everybody, for coming in uh, on Christmas. Um, have a lovely festive period, everybody. That's the room and, indeed, the audience. And we're going to go out with a song. Everybody, snow is falling all oh, around yeah. us. Liverpool are top of the league. Man City champions, but they're chasing. Merry Christmas, everyone. See you next time. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 